Hey, if you'd like to support this podcast, mosey on over to anchor.fm slash home. And guess what? You could throw $100. You could throw a nice living wage. Just a nice living wage. That Let's keep it there. But if you'd like to support, go over there and throw something at me. That would be awesome. Thank you. Drive safe, text, win home with your human host, Josh Matthews. It's a nightmare. No, vinyl's a nightmare. Uh, every vinyl release I've had has had some bullshit with it. That is just yeah. like, why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> it's so expensive. It takes forever. However you ship them, they're going to get fucked. <laughs> I, I like cassettes. I can control every aspect about a cassette. A fucking vinyl record, it'll be like, hey, if they sat too long, they'll fucking melt together. Great. <laughs> um, oh, the plant. The, the the label that you did this uh, record with didn't pack the jackets correctly. Oh, now they're all fucked? Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, you can't just replace 14, 15 jackets all quickly? Yeah, sucks. <laughs> you can replace every aspect of a cassette in no time. The vinyl, any part of it gets fucked up. You're like, I we just gotta throw this out. <laughs> yeah, vinyl is vinyl's a scam. I, I, I don't know why I keep doing it. I even thought like, oh, a plant is in my my city. I can drive to it. They're not gonna get shipped. Like, no, nah, they're still bullshit. <laughs> yeah, like, it's 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 a fucking nightmare. Don't don't do vinyl. It's such a scam. Oh man, that's so that's so perfect. <laughs> I hopefully with corrupt vision, uh, another label will like it enough to put it out, and I don't have to deal with it. That'd be nice. That's the, that's the hope is I, I don't I, I it's I, I just don't want to press a vinyl by myself anymore. It's such a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it don't don't people it's it's cool. And it's it was a great it was a it was a very like surreal experience hearing my music the first time like on vinyl. To me, that was like the end goal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. To me, that was like I was for the longest time. I was like, "Yo, fuck!" Like, I like a friend of mine was like, "Dude, you got a CD out? What the fuck? That's crazy!" And then I was like, <laughs> "I was like, oh fuck, I want cassette, dude. That's fucking wild." But for the longest time, I was like, "I gotta get on vinyl." That was the goal. Yeah. I was like, "I got I'm not a real band. We're on vinyl." I was like, "Anything." That was like the that and like touring internationally were like the two like yeah. we did it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, yeah, hearing myself on vinyl for this first time, I was like, "This is fucking crazy." Oh, that's then, so sick, dude! With, with all the bullshit in it, I'm like, this was this was like a surreal experience. <laughs> um, yeah, other than that, dude, fuck vinyl it takes up so much room. Uh, cassettes, like I can replace, like I can also repurpose a cassette tape. Like, there's been times where like bands on the label have been canceled. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, oh fuck them! So I'll just take their cassettes, take them apart, and then just re like do something else with them. <laughs> <laughs> that's smart dude that's awesome yeah like i like there was a, a band we worked with and a, a friend of mine had put a, put them out on vinyl yeah and i put them on a cassette and I, he was like dude i'm so sorry about the cassettes i was like dude i don't give a fuck i can make corrupt vision mixtapes all night dude you're stuck with 300 records you can't sell oh dude that sucks and him and i were talking i was like should we like like write a clause or something that like hey if your band gets canceled you gotta fucking pay us i honestly that sounds pretty solid that may that yeah. it would make sense and the, that's Dude. um something i've also been working on is is um I've, i have i've been uncomfortable with how many times my trust has been betrayed with no time oh yeah of uh, because the the way i look at like 
like you've seen how many releases I do. It's you know I'm in the two hundreds. I'm in like yeah. the two hundreds by by six years. So like I'm operating at a very fast pace. Yes. Um, which means a lot of these relationships that I have with these bands at, at sometimes are very shallow. Oh okay. So it's I don't have a total kind of understanding of like what everything this band's about, you know. And it's something I've been getting better of like, I kind of like if I'm putting out a band, if it's like a friend or like someone I trust then I'm, I'm good with it. But sometimes there'll be like a band will be like, oh, I'm going to do a little bit of digging. You know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to message their friends. I'm going to message I'm going to message people in their scene and be like, hey, what's this band about? Be like, oh, yeah, they're totally fine. Or like, yeah, there was this one time and I'll, I hear that. And I'm like, I'm good. I don't Nope, not bringing that back on. Yeah. Hell no. There's been uh there's been a couple times where I've had to I've had to take releases off because I found out things um, about members of a band and, and, and it, it sucks and I feel I feel shitty when it happens I feel I feel betrayed and I honestly just feel awful that I was giving a band with problematic members a platform at some point. Yeah, that that, you know? that sucks. But there's like no way you could have ever known. That's the only that's that's the bummer part about it. Yeah, and, and, and kind of, because there's sometimes where it's like, ah, fuck, if I really did my due diligence, I probably could have heard through the grapevine about this situation or, or this or that. that. Makes sense. Some, sometimes there's stuff that's just out of the fucking blue. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. That That's just so, like, especially like there's one band, and I don't I don't want to repeat their name, but, you know, they we had been friends with them since, like, the beginning of No Time. Oh, okay. And we, we finally worked together on and released one of their albums on tape, and then... About five, six months later, we found out that the guitarist was like an abusive, like piece of shit. And it it hurt because it was like, fuck, that was like the dude that we were like, you know, a one homies with essentially. And it was, you know, I took him off all the comps we had him on. I I took the release off for sale. uh, And uh, I ended up actually um, repurposing those cassettes as uh, like corrupt vision mixtapes. (laughs) <laughs> that's so sick and i was telling people <laughs> if you had a tape you know, the original release i will pay you to mail it to me i will repurpose it as a corrupt vision milk tape and mail it back to you um a couple people took us <laughs> up on it which was really tight and cool oh see, that's but... super sick dude <laughs> that's so but, cool uh, <laughs> uh we it, it, it was, and we ended up actually writing a song about him that ended up on a split record that we had released with a, a, a good friends of our Sibinac. Uh, oh wow! About about literally about that situation where I was literally destroying their tapes. Yeah. <laughs> and the song is called "Destroy the Masters" because I destroyed the master cassette. So. Oh, dude, that's that's <laughs> that's cool. So that was. Uh, <laughs> that's the and that's the only time I've ever written a song about no time. Oh wow, dude! Well, I mean, it was for for a good reason then. Because I've always felt that like music about music is fucking lame. Yeah. <laughs> I, like if you write a song, it's like writing a song about like your scene is like kind of like inside baseball, where you're just like it's kind of like kind of lame, you know. <laughs> I feel bad. I was like, oh fuck, the cell jam. Do you guys have a song like that? No, no. <laughs> No, thank God. I'll just be like, man, isn't it lame when bands write songs about their scene and be like, haha, crazy Tommy? Yeah, dude. Oh man, so uh, I gotta go. Like deleting like... shit off the band camp real quick. Like, haha. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and you know, I put up I put up bands with dude, and it's like no hate to them, but it's just like to me, it's always been it's like I don't need to write a song about music, or like I don't need to write a song about being in a band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. That make it's, it's kind of like it's like when you run out of topics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That it makes sense, dude. Yeah, it's so yeah. I've never I've never been yeah. Music about music is just not my uh, not my thing. <laughs> dude, dude. So <laughs> I like that's dude so i got i got two more questions for you um <laughs> that's amazing like um if your band okay i'm gonna say if your label actually get both of them if your label slash band were a tv show what shows would they be uh the eric andre show <laughs> both of them yeah both of them are just uh uh no time is like spy versus spy Oh, it's nice. Just, it's just like Fern and I trying to self-sabotage each other the whole time. That's how I describe. I describe our relationship as like us just trying to slip time bombs into each other's pockets. <laughs> and there's there's a lot of a lot of like yeah, just we're just a, a, a bunch of self-sabotage motherfuckers. Crow Vision is is uh, just a chaotic the chaoticness of the Eric Andre show is is, is a good way to, to describe us. Or um. Yeah, probably because that show every season is a completely different like vibe. Because uh, um, like change like how they film it. They'll change like like Eric will literally like. There's one where he's like, I got really fat, and then I got really skinny, and then I completely (laughs) shaved all my hair, and it's like I grew all my hair. I I uh, had a fro this episode, and I had a I had a a, the 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 super long straight hair another season, and they like change like the way they like the camera and the band like they change every aspect about that show. And for Corrupt Vision, we've had so many different like variations of the band. The, <laughs> That's awesome. The only two consistent things being me and Fern. <laughs> so I, I I feel like that. Plus, just like we we talk about you know we're like super serious and you know we write very serious song topics and you know we try not to be. Uh, it's weird. We've always. We've always felt like outcasts in the two kind of genres that we try to play. You know, yeah. we're very like we'll play with other ska bands and like a lot of you know they'll get like people like we'll play with other ska bands and they'll be like really fun and upbeat and like people will be dancing and then we get on stage and we're like oh we're fucking depressing. <laughs> and then and then flip if we playing like grindcore show or playing with a bunch of hardcore bands it's like. No one wants to fucking skank. What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> We're just like off-putting in both scenes, which is something we've embraced. Yeah, of you course. Know? That's amazing. Um, and, you know, we, it, I think people have made fun of it less going on. Like a lot of people are like, Ryan Scott, fuck you. Get out of here. That sounds lame <laughs> as shit. Um, but, you know, it's, and it's funny. I've had people who I respect in both genres both you know grind hardcore and, and mm-hmm. scott saying to stop playing the other genre and like just focus <laughs> on being a ska band or just focus on being a grind band and it's like no yeah dude no i'm gonna do it even more we're gonna do we're gonna fucking be awful together so yeah, it's <laughs> two to uh two grind for crack rock steady two crack rock steady for grind two straight edge for uh fuck I, we, we wrote something out it was oh two straight edge for crack rock steady Two crack rock steady for straight edge. Two grind for ska. Two ska for grind. And it's like, that's us. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> that sounds like it'd be such a great shirt. 
fuck damn we are we are planning merch for the album that might be some uh that that'll be like a stunt piece when we're like yeah when we're like the biggest band ever yeah <laughs> yeah that'll be like the, that'll be like the just put that that i will put that out when i am fully confident in corrupt vision <laughs> that'd be perfect dude <laughs> but it's 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 cool we've like there's been a couple bands who have like been inspired by us specifically to make grindcore ska hell yeah it's and it's great there's one band from from here called florida man that does like jazz grind and, and we we kind of sort of like coined the term anti-ska yeah so i felt like that <laughs> felt right to us although there was a band that had used it called uh chewed up which i'm friends with and uh it's funny when i designed the corrupt vision logo of the it's the it's the grindcore you know no music note with the rude boy the the, the scott rude boy and yeah. i sent it to this band chewed up and they're like fuck you that's a fucking genius logo and they were still active at the time and they were like the only other like anti-ska band that i knew of and i was like yeah. fuck it let's just both use the logo and then ultimately <laughs> yeah. that, that band broke up and i was like fuck and i was like i guess this is ours now <laughs> uh but a, a, a band called level four from uh, uh florida is there a, they're like a jazz grind band and then a band from here called florida man uh, that's awesome scott jazz grind band and it's 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 uh that was really cool to hear. And the same with like, it'd been playing shows to like no one for like years. Then finally, like having people that we have never met, like, cause we'd have friends sing along to songs and that's always fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, com- complete strangers who have never, I've never met knowing the words to my songs. And like, like I could put the mic in their face or like toss them like the, the backup microphone and like to have them sing along was like such a surreal experience. Dude, that I was like, I, I, was, like, I, I bet that i was like i can't not ever do this again like i want to keep doing this and i was like that was like at program i was like fuck if this happens like on tour i'll fucking die <laughs> i was like i that was that was like yeah i i just got a tour internationally and i think i'll have hit every aspect of like being in a band that i've wanted to hit oh dude that's just, sick man that's so perfect stranger singing along being on vinyl touring internationally that's my those are my that's my goals of being in a band dude you've already hit two you've already hit two so hit there two, you go dude. yeah what's your dude, you're uh, about your to oh, no, last question i'm gonna say yeah. dude you're about you're about to end your band dude yeah i'm about to hit the punch card you know and <laughs> extended it another year you know because we can't fucking tour for shit we're planning on touring the uk in uh in april of next year but haha that's not fucking happening <laughs> dude dude they, they because they don't want you to stop dude honestly don't you want to stop yeah oh, dude fuck it, record the album <laughs> oh dude so the last one is uh the best slash worst show that corrupt vision has ever had or actually oh, if you've ever played in any other band like any like the best or worst show but do the worst one last. I like to end on the worst one. Oh, yeah. So, God. Best show for Insomniac Collective, which is my folk punk band with my drummer of Corrupt Vision slash my label mate, Fern. Nice. We played in Portland. This was like three years ago. We were, um, we had gotten in touch with this band called the Bridge City Sinners, who basically, while booking the show, they had went viral on Facebook yeah like a, like a million hits on one of the performances right like it was Whoa. like a big yeah they were like they were like blowing the fuck up 
we had them on a show, and this was the first show they were playing since going viral. Oh wow! And uh, we we had linked up with them, and we this was so dumb. So we were trying to book at this place <laughs> called the Twilight Bar Cafe. I forgot what it was called, but it was it was called Twilight, yeah. and it was a uh, it was like a smaller twenty one plus venue in Portland. It oh, sucks okay. with how much music is in Portland. There's like no all ages venues. Every time we've ever had to play Portland, it's been a bar. Um, oh, that's weird. I know there's some houses and DIY spaces here and there, but I, by the time we were up there, a lot of them were closing. Um, but we we played, and they said, "Oh, we can't book you at the Twilight. We can book you at our other bar." And I can't think of what it was called, but it was like triple the space. Oh wow. And I was just like, didn't realize at the time how much bigger that was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. yeah, we'll play there. And I was like, I, basically the whole tour, I was like, we're going to either owe them a shitload of money. We can never show our face in Portland again. Because <laughs> it was like, it was like you had a fucking show that like no one showed up to. You know, we probably had to turn something away. I was like, I was like, we're basically gonna play and then run the fuck away. That was basically yeah. like what I thought was gonna happen. Yeah, so we get to this bar. Oh fuck, I can't think of oh, was it the blackout. No, it was something. But we we get to the bar and we're, you know, we think, oh, it's a bar. It's a bar. It's not that big. Yeah. Oh, no, there's like there's like a going. There's like a whole restaurant, a full full like a giant ass restaurant. So we, oh wow. So Fern was going to their meetings. And uh, he set up a show with them at program, and it was a it was a fun show because it was uh, Rats in the Wall, which is oh. uh, members of Leftover Crack and members of F minus. So we were like super stoked that we got them. Uh, band small at the time, and now like one of the biggest I think bands to come out of Orange County was Skull Crack. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Noise Complaint, which is a is a, is a good ska core band from uh, kind of the uh, Tino area. Oh, okay. And uh, and high tension Fern's old band, and then we we set up like kind of a show with them, and it it went very well. And that was the first time I had ever been to program and, and set up something there. Heck um, yeah! And then you know we always thought that we had to go through OCDIY if we wanted to set up a show, and then we found out it's like, nah, just as long as the shop like likes you and you're not a dick, you can you can kind of just set up shows <laughs> whenever. So That's then we're awesome. like, oh, we can just do this ourselves. And then we started like booking more and more at program, and then. Uh, I started attending school at Cal State Fullerton, which is across the street from program. So I was exactly constantly, was constantly in there. And it was like a band would like text me in like my my first class being like, hey, can you help me get a show on whatever? And I was like, all right. And then I would just on my break, stroll on down to program and be like, hey, Chris, can I get, you know, June 18th for a show? It'd be like six months <laughs> out. He's like, Tommy, why do you book your shows like years in advance? And I was like, I just need the date, man. <laughs> so that's uh that's you know so we and then Fern ended up going to cal state fulton as well so we you know we were able to have a constant communication with program and that also got us more comfortable of like hey we can book shows have actual kids like show up to what we're doing and then we you know we would book shows at other like tiny little venues in and around orange county and uh yeah just you know we got a lot more confidence in what we were doing we're like hey we can actually like risk throwing a show and and hopefully make enough money to pay the door and the bands and that's you know what we've been doing for the last four years at this point four or five years yeah that's so sick dude seriously that's insane so we've been 
And like, you, you've you've played program. You know the kind of people who go there and, and kind of the community that uh, gets developed there. Exactly. It, it's amazing. I love that. That place is is amazing, man. I love what they're doing. It's it's definitely needed right now. Or or when when yeah, shows come back, it is definitely yeah. needed. Yeah, uh, thankfully they have. They. I don't think he's ever made like a stance of like, "Hey, we ain't throwing shows ever here." Like right now, but I, they're 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 good dudes with their heads on straight. They're not, you know, a bunch of these. Uh, they're not it's pissing me off, but uh, uh, you know, the doll hut at all. The doll. I've heard of it. Yeah. The doll hut is this uh, uh kind of old quote unquote like classic punk club in Orange County. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it's changed owners a couple times, and it's it's like a shell of what it used to be. And that's basically kind of where all the fucking boomer punks play and go. And they also kind of have a problem with like kind of white supremacists kind of, you know, not being uh, being shooed away as you would hope, uh, you know, they would be. Yeah. You know, very, very uh, kind of looking the other way when people, you know, openly wear very, very like white supremacist like imagery on their shirts and the bands that they're representing and the bands that are playing the shows and people's tattoos and shit kind of like Jeez. a don't ask don't yeah it's fucking awful um but it's you know it's orange county what do you expect it's orange county <laughs> bunch of racist <laughs> doofuses here but um uh what was it going with the doll hut oh yeah they're throwing shows right now oh sounds it's, awesome they have they have i, I think they've consistently had a show at least once a week since april what yeah and there's a uh, we were originally like kind of messaging kind of the younger bands playing these shows about being like hey man you should probably not play this and it got to the point where it's like just fuck you dude dude it's not gotten better you're the reason why this shit's not not getting better yeah dude like i i definitely know of like a couple venues doing that and i'm just like why why dude like literally like i understand like People want to go to shows, but it's like, you know, you can wait a little bit longer and it will be back if you guys didn't do this still. Yeah. And I mean, and it's it sucks because a lot of these venues are also restaurants and, and they, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not blind to like the the economic impact of shit being shut down. I mean, for fuck's sake. Oh, my of job course, was, Yeah. Yeah. And, and all shutdowns should be coming with fucking stimulus stimulus plans for local economies. But uh, Californian California senators don't like to think that way, but um, opening it up and just letting people fucking just let loose is not the uh, is not the answer, clearly. So it's 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 a shitty situation. It's only been getting shittier. Yeah. Um, But yeah, having shows right now and and, and encouraging people to gather in in groups and in closed areas and hell, even like. I see a lot of like punk swap meets and stuff like that. And I'm like, at least that's like not a re like, you don't, you don't spend all day at like a store, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But even then it's like, ah, do you need to like encourage a whole bunch of people to show up and rummage through your records? Potentially, exactly. You know, sneezing and get your, yeah. Like I've been, no time has been invited to a couple of those. And I'm like, nah, they can just buy it online. I'm good. I don't need yeah. to, I don't need to risk this. So then it's like you know it's easy for a, a store to be like hey man we can't let you in here without a mask well easy in in you know the sense of like it's their job to you know, make sure everyone's safe but if you're having like a in, independent or like a diy event where a lot of people know that you're not going to call the cops on them it's like someone's not going to wear a mask like the only way you're going to get them out of there is like berating them or throwing them out so it's like fuck i don't care to deal with that at all 
exactly that that's that's not worth it dude that's like kind of the issues that we also like run in sometimes at shows where it's like if there's someone like being incredibly problematic is like we're at that standstill of like we will do everything except call the cops on you yeah yeah it's like but it's like you need to get the fuck out of here before this escalates to something bad you know dude i i just don't get why people even have to push it that far man it's just it's insane yeah yeah it doesn't make any sense, dude. It, it's it's been a learning process for us to deal with de-escalate and deal with situations like that at shows because they come up from time to time. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just feel like a lot of like, I, I there's I, it's just weird when you get those types of people because like a lot of like it's crazy. A lot of like like a, 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 despite what a lot of people like normal people think, like hardcore is just a bunch of pissed off people. It's like, yeah, but like th- th- no, like I've met literally all of my friends through hardcore and everything and yeah like yeah and like they're the nicest people on the planet i'm sorry that you had one experience you just heard a song that had screaming in it and you thought it was terrible and like you were like oh they're pissed off and they're gonna beat up my my kid if they go to one of your shows it's like no yeah. they'll probably be like the most accepted they've ever been yeah and it's like you know every every show you know 99 percent of all the people there just want to have a good time and get home safe exactly. but then there's like you get people there who are drinking at a sober space or, you know, think it's okay to, you know, come to a come to a, 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 a show clearly not welcoming white supremacists wearing, you know, yeah. just straight up swastikas or fucking because it's Orange County or, you know, racist ass band shirts. Then, you know, not expecting people to like check you on that type of shit. And then it's like on our end, it's like, you know, we, we want to be a, a welcoming enough environment. Mm hmm. But I also don't want anyone at my shows to ever feel uncomfortable. And exactly. Yeah, of course. When that that like that when that starts getting pushed, it's put us in you put you're put into a weird situation because it's like we're not a giant corporate structure that has like uh uh you know it's not like we have security guards or like a, a store policy, quote unquote, to be like, here's how you deal with a problematic customer. It's like, here's this person in this scene who who came to the show the intent of maybe enjoying the show or maybe just starting shit and it's like how do you deal with this without involving police without you know immediately going to something as awful as like assault but it's like when someone's like not you know wanting to use their words or just trying to get physical with you it's like you're you're really like you start your options start getting like like run thin you know yeah and then it's worse like, when it's like it's it's like compounded with like alcohol and drug use and it's like you got a drunk dude you know worst case scenario you got like a drunk dude where a bunch of people are yelling that he's an abuser yeah. and he's not choosing to leave the show it's like what the fuck do you do in that situation exactly dude that that's yeah. extremely hard to deal with i bet so we we you know we're trying to trying to learn and dealing with with situations like that when they come up because again i care about program I care about the scene. I care about the the shows we book and the and the people we allow at our shows. And it's like I want everyone to have a safe and good time and, and get home safe to their family. So, because that's like what my mom went on for me, and that's what I want for everyone else. So exactly, dude. Yeah, like, it's, and, it's, and, and and that's what every promoter should do. Yeah, and it's it's and it it sucks when there's shitty people at shows, and it, and it yeah. sucks that you feel like you can't throw a show because you're worried about shitty people showing up and and making you look bad because like oh shit you're allowing abusers at your show even though it's like it's not like i'm implicitly welcoming them they're gonna show up whether or not you know yeah you kind of got to put your foot in the ground and go no this is not you know 
a lot at our shows and and you know word will spread if you you know put the hammer down on that kind of shit oh heck yeah oh yeah definitely so it, it's it's Dude. diy promoting is is fun and it's really rewarding but it can also be really stressful and shitty in situations like that it sounds like it, dude. That 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 right there makes me think like, oh, I would never want to really set up a show. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, and, it, and it's it's for us for the longest time. It was like the only people going to our shows were friends and friends of the bands playing. You know, it wasn't like they were like quote unquote like fans. Yeah, just you know, random kids in the scene. It was so it was always like, oh, it's our friends coming here to watch us. We're barely making door, and we can move on. And it's like a lot of the shows we're having up until quarantine were like, oh fuck. We're selling out program. Oh fuck! There's like a hundred people here. You know, seventy five percent. I've insane. never seen their. I've never seen their face before. And like, it, oh shit! They're causing a problem. It's like, oh god, this is not great. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, dude. Like, it's so crazy what you have to like. Because like thinking about that, like when I've seen like fights break out at shows, it's like, oh fuck. Well, I'm gonna leave. It's like. I never thought about like the promoter having to like deal with it because the venue is going to be pissed at them because of yeah. this shit happening. That's crazy. The way I've, I've my, my thought process is program would be mad if I did nothing. Yeah. If I tried to the best of my ability, they would, they would see that as better than just like laying down and like letting shitty things happen. Exactly. That, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and program program gets it and a lot of these like diy spots they get it they understand that like shit gets rowdy shit gets rough you know there's moshing in a store yeah no not saying that program is totally cool with you know just straight up the destruction every night and they you know they'll turn away shows that would clearly make the shop a lot of money just simply because they're like yeah no i i want the store to be around in the morning yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) like jesus peace at ass to play there whoa and and Chris was like, absolutely not. <laughs> Damn, dude, that sucks because that could have been like crazy good, but then that would have literally burnt that place yeah. down. Yeah, and then they uh, they ended up moving to the show to a, a short lived venue in Fullerton called uh, Rift Mountain. Oh yeah, I I played there once. That place was cool. Yeah, that was uh, that's also run by Alex, the same dude who uh, or was run by Alex, the same dude who made my uh, J cards. Oh, sick! That's awesome. Yeah, that that spot was great, but. Uh, I actually worked that uh, uh, Jesus Peace show because he needed like security and like, you know, people to make sure that people weren't like drinking in their cars or, you know, if they were drinking in their cars to be in the car and not outside and cleaning up beer bottles after. It was a whole, that was a fucking, I mean, that show kind of put Earth Mountain into a lot of people's heads about like, oh, this is like the hardcore spot now. And then oh, a wow. month later it got shut down. Damn, dude, that sucks because I, I remember when it got shut down, I was like, oh, damn, that was actually a really cool spot. Yeah, I fucking I miss Rift Mountain. It was it was but it to him that, that was Alex going, you know what? Orange County can't sustain a DIY space. It's just that the city sucks. the city just is too you know, it's too Republican, there's too much money, there's too much for a, 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 a for for city officials and police to just kind of turn a blind eye to this, you know. That sucks, man. It was like LA, there's so much going on and you could kind of get away with something like that in San Diego. Uh, the few deal that there's a few punk houses and and uh, uh, the Che Cafe, but the Che Cafe is such an installation of uh, I think it's San Diego University or, or California State. I don't know what specific like the name of the university is, but I know it's such a, a the Che Cafe is such a, a, a institution for that college that it's like yeah, that's just not going to go away simply because it's like you know, it's it's kind of grandfathered in for lack of exactly. a better term. 
Yeah. Yeah. And program, uh, I've heard them tell me that it was like, when Rift Mountain got shut down, I was like, are you guys worried about the shows? And he's like, nope. And then just immediately knocked on wood because he's like, we've been doing this since 2011. Wow. We we know, the city knows that we do this. The city knows that we're done at 1030. And the city knows that we're all gone by 11. Yeah. We're far enough away from houses that it would ever be a noise complaint. And we've never had the cops called. Wow, that's awesome. I I didn't know that. That's really cool. So they're like, as long as, you know, it doesn't get crazy and it doesn't get rowdy, it's it's it's, you know, we're going to be fine. I was like, all right, fuck, cool, (laughs) dude, that that's that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Well, I'm glad that's that's fucking sick, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, so with that being said, which one has been your like, no, like your best, like no time show? It was it was funny. They 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 kind of ramped up, uh, like in a row. They got better and better. So we had oh cool uh, the last night of No Time for Fun Fest in twenty nineteen, which was the label's five year anniversary. Oh wow! We did a we did a three day festival. We did sorry, it's four days. We did five shows in four days. Uh, mainly Jeez. a program. It, mainly a program. We did a free like folk punk park show near program, about a mile away. <laughs> cool. It was like a picnic, and then uh, we did a pre-fest in a South County venue called uh, OC Tavern. Oh, okay. We had, we had a touring band every night, we had a touring band every show, uh, and it was just like a big kind of sell. It was all bands, either like friends of us or like bands on the label. And the final night we had uh, Stay Wild. No, Stay Wild played the night before. The final night we had uh, Dying For It. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Ursula, Fissure, and Machinist. Oh, okay, yeah. I remember and, hearing about that show. And it, like, I don't think it's sold out, but it was, like, the most money I had ever seen for a single show, and the venue was, like, fucking packed, and I was like, oh, fuck, we're, like, a thing. That's so uh, sick, dude. And I was like, here's a lot of money to all the bands, and I was like, this feels weird. It's usually like, <laughs> hey, man, we got $20. Can we give it to the touring band? All right, cool. <laughs> That's insane. Dude, that had to have felt so cool. And it, yeah, it felt it felt fucking great. And then uh, uh, a couple months later, we had, and this was on a Wednesday, so that was on a Sunday night. A Wednesday night, we had uh, our show. It was uh, a Corrupt Vision, Cell Damage, Twitch, and then World Peace, Stress Ghetto, and Heck Dorlin. Oh yeah, that was awesome. And then, and then that show became like, oh fuck, this is the best show we've ever thrown. <laughs> i was able to i was able to give all the touring bands like a good chunk of money and i was like fuck i was like on a wednesday night hell yeah so like i really enjoyed i really embraced the weeknight shows that's um, so cool because like the issue with weekend shows is like you're usually always going to be competing with like yeah. four or five other shows yep and with the fact that like bunch county kids are just used to like having to drive to la yeah to, like go to shows it's like going to la for a show is not out of the question for county cat whereas like an la cat's like if i can't walk to it i ain't fucking going yeah <laughs> it's like dude fuck you like i i have to drive like minimum 45 minutes to a show yeah exactly oh dude trust me i know how that feels like yeah, I you have got, to drive oh i know i definitely <laughs> into your area that was uh that's a fucking haul yeah it I'm sucks like, man <laughs> yeah. so you you get it like just being in yeah. like a show desert heck yeah literally, exactly literally in the desert um yeah. <laughs> so uh 
I embraced like the weeknight shows because those were like kind of fun because like I would literally get out of class and then just like cross the street to program. Like I would, there was times where I like would like ditch class early to like go set up a show. <laughs> That's I so always, sick. I always felt fucking cool. Or like I would like bring like I would you know I'd be packing for school for the morning. I'd like get my laptop and my my notebook and then like oh I got to carry the entire distro in my car. <laughs> I'd like I'd go to like program on a lunch break and be like, hey, can I drop this all off right now? And they go, yeah, Tommy, that's fine. <laughs> um, but it's cool. Like I would like you know get out of class and like the show would be like half going and like Fern would get there earlier and like set up and like you know play his corrupt vision or whatever. And it was always so I embraced like the weeknight shows and I always like doing those. Um, and then the best show we ever threw, money and like attendance wise. We had two really great ones, like, back-to-back. We had, uh, it was Livid, Corrupt Vision, Iced, Sand Coffin, Our uh, Beyond Paint, and uh, I ended up doing six-band bills. Those are miserable. <laughs> and uh, one other band, I can't think who played that show. Oh, Scalp. Oh, uh, okay. Was, yeah, great, great Orange County band. Um, and uh, that show was the first time we ever, like, sold out the show. What? No way! Yeah. And I was like, I was like keeping tallies and I was like, the cap for a program is, is quote unquote a hundred. Oh, okay. That's generally, you want to shoot for a hundred. Cause then you got to factor in like, uh, like the caps like one twenty, but you want to factor in like friends of the bands and all the bands and, and all that shit. Oh, so yeah. generally, generally you get a hundred marks. You should probably s- stop telling people to show up. Uh, so I was like, that was like the first time I ever had to like post on Instagram. of like, Hey, don't come. <laughs> this fucking sold out. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it was like it was like the most money we'd ever because the other thing was like people just like like when they like like a band, they'll just like throw you like twenty dollars and let's just keep it. And I'm like, what the okay. Yeah, you took yes, definitely. <laughs> they'll just like they'll just like watch one set and then leave. And then like another person will do the same thing and you're like, What the fuck? I I used to have to beg bands to like not let in people for free so that we could like have enough money to pay the do- I was like, what that was the first time that uh, I didn't have to give program the minimum payment. I had to give them a percentage. I was like, oh, fuck, this felt nice. Oh, that's bad. That's so sick, dude. Uh, and then the night or like a, a couple months later, we had a uh, that was still like peak. Like I was able to pay both the touring band. I paid every band on the bill like a decent amount of money. Oh, that's awesome. Obviously, the biggest chunk going to the touring cats. But I was and the, both of them yeah. was like their first show. And they're like, this is the best show ever. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> we had a big ass fight out front with a bunch of dumb oh, shit kids shit. at the show but uh i don't want to get into that but it was a, ooh, that it was very rewarding and very stressful i bet dude uh, and then we had uh we had paul the kid which is uh the main dude from this band called the night gaunts oh, okay which they were like a new zealand ska band from a couple years ago they they were relatively popular and then they, they kind of just broke up i think they got kind of sick of each other and they wanted to do separate stuff but uh he was on tour with this band called uh, escape from the zoo yeah which is members of uh days and days which is like kind of the biggest folk punk band active right now oh okay that's awesome i would, I would say they're probably the biggest folk punk band um it's like their side band that does more like crack rock steady like ska core stuff oh okay um so they were they were on tour together and then corrupt vision play that um that show did very well and that was actually the last show it was funny we booked that show it was like on a thursday and there was like that was still when people were like joking about coronavirus yeah yeah hey remember those memes of like if you've played this venue 
you're immune from coronavirus or yeah if you've eaten <laughs> at this re- that was like in the ah, ha, ha, this won't ruin our lives because this was like yeah. the beginning of march like the show was like march like fourth oh okay um then we uh we went and saw paul paul the kid in in uh in la like two nights later and then that was like on a sunday and then we had school on saturday or on monday and that was the week that was like monday was like all right and then tuesday was like oh so we're going all online yeah and then wednesday was like yeah there's gonna be no school on thursday <laughs> Damn. Don't, show, don't show up and i was like i was like paul got so fucking lucky <laughs> he's from he's from he's from uh he lives in the united kingdom so i was like if he if his oh. tour was a week later he would have been fucked that sucks he was able to get you know he played his five shows and he was able to get home but i was like oh my they, god he got so fucking lucky yeah he did um and even like we so we no one at our show was like concerned about like coronavirus on the fourth. yeah and I remember yeah. on the sixth at this uh, going to the show in LA, where I was kind of just like, I feel weird being out. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the week after, it got like, oh, it's like, oh, we're shutting down. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's um, crazy. Um, what's funny is Corrupt Vision had planned for a uh, like we we after the Paul the Kid show, we're like we're not gonna play anything until summer because we wanted to we wanted to gonna go record a full length. Oh, okay. Uh, in April, and then the plan was to, uh, uh, you know, just do the summer shows we had, and then and then focus on the full length. Focus on it doing a, the full length. Uh, we would be touring with the full length right now. We wanted to do a winter tour. Oh wow! But uh, you know, coronavirus changed all those plans, and we actually ended up uh, a couple weeks ago. We all we all got tested for for COVID. We quarantined, and then we went up together. Uh, to Oakland, and then we recorded the uh, full length with a friend up there. Oh um, no way! Which, yeah, so we just got a, a like an Airbnb, and it was it was it was like it kind of felt like being on tour. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. It was like, oh, I'm traveling with my band, but we're not playing any shows, and we're not seeing any of our friends, and we're staying in a, in a <laughs> tiny ass uh, uh, Airbnb for four days, and and but it was you know we we it it felt like it it felt cool because it was like the first time I ever felt like. Oh, we're like a band right now. Like this is like a, this so is like cool. what a this is like what a professional band does. Like actually traveling to like record and like it, <laughs> you know we're not just like doing this in my garage over two weekends. We're like no, we're, we're <laughs> taking the time to do this, dude. So uh, where do you record? Uh, so we recorded with our friend Mateo uh, in his studio, and he plays in this band called Sarcasm. Oh, okay. I I I think I know of that band. They're, That's, they're like uh... a berkeley pop punk band okay i think i know who they are yeah yeah they're uh they're also kind of like that band they hate the term because it's not how it's ran but they're kind of like they're gonna hate me for saying this like kind of the top dogs at 924 gilman oh okay okay kind of they're kind of like the because there's no one owns it but they're kind of like the boss i guess okay (laughs) it kind of changes to whoever is mature enough to run that position and and they they all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that entire band has such a great head on their shoulders and is so they don't get i think the perfect band to run it because they are the perfect kind of people to be like kind of running it because they're very you know they don't get caught up in drama without kind of analyzing things 
Oh, okay. That's you know, cool. They're not gonna they're not gonna immediately being like, no, fuck this band. They can't play. They can't play. They can't play. They're gonna they're gonna hear out to to an extent. They're you know the, yeah, if it's a of re- course. they have a they're not gonna be like, okay, so maybe he wore a swastika a couple times and said a bunch of racist shit, but I should hear him out. Nothing like that. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, there's drama. All right, everyone's side. What happened? You know, they'll 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 hear out people, and they're not you know they 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 think before they act, and they're very. They have a good head on their shoulders. They're they're very talented. They're very they're very professional for it. they're basically they're my age and they have been playing shows since ten years ago as the band. The band has celebrated ten years. They started when they were like thirteen. Oh my god, dude, that's ridiculous. So they've been they've been like wanting to like all be involved in like a DIY scene and they don't want to see Gilman go to shit because Gilman you know has that history to it. Yep. Being that it's you know it's sort of Green Day, Operation Ivy, um, Flats, uh, all the I they one of them had a po- they had a poster up in their studio that was like every all the Bay Area bands from like the eighties. Oh, that's badass! Like, it was it, it was like what all the members were like playing in and stuff. But you know, there's there's a lot of history to Gilman. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, uh, but there's also a lot of drama involved in Gilman, and they that's I nice. think don't want to see the drama like be what ruins that spot exactly yeah they, they're very good at it it's actually it reminds me of the the robert eggplant or whoever the the main dude from blatz hates me <laughs> why we we hadn't seen one of our shows and he was talking to me about cassettes and then he like i was like oh, i make cassettes for people and he's like oh, okay and then he like emailed me later and he was like setting up like this compilation album yeah like, yeah, I'll, I'll, he's like i just need the cassettes i'm gonna be duplicate i'll i'll make the j cards myself i just need the tapes and i was like all right perfect and i told him i was like i told him my rate first of all he paid me like way more money than i needed yeah and then i was like i was like i don't okay uh <laughs> and then so then i ordered the cassettes because i make everything in, in house so i ordered the tapes and then i was like hey i need i need all of the songs to make the cassettes like i can't like just put a song on later like it's gonna be the same process i was like i need all of the music right yeah like, i of can't course. i can't make a cassette until i have every track yeah that makes sense like, i feel like that should be common sense yeah so then he delayed forever on like one song and i was like i was like i he finally sent everything and then he's like, hey, I need these like tomorrow. And I was like, I these cannot possibly be done and to you tomorrow because he lived in the Bay Area. So I was like, I was like, I will stop everything I'm doing to make these cassettes right now. I have to ship the media mail because otherwise it's going to be an insane amount of money to ship these to you. And yeah. you probably have them in a week. And then I found out from another label that he had just been like talking smack on me on the Internet that I was like, like I was like making him run for his money and like scamming him and shit. And I was like, I was like, my man, you didn't have your shit together. And then expected me to just like solve everything for you like immediately. And I was like, fuck off. And then he like emailed me a year later to do another like run of tapes without me knowing. Yeah. Without me knowing that he had been like talking smack. And I was like, I'm just not replying. (laughs) Nice. and when I was last, I was in a uh, uh, Berkeley. I saw I was in a record store, and they had all of the compilation tapes that he had like had made. It was it was some like comp called like Plastic Island, and it was like a bunch of like kind of weird hippie punk kind of stuff. Oh okay. Yeah, and he had like every single one. I was like, oh fuck, I made these cassettes. Well, that sucked. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, that's so, insane. So, 
the so I don't even call him Robert Plant. I said, "Hey, the dude from Blatz hates me." <laughs> that's amazing. That's my, um, that's my that's my uh, my, my tangent of. <laughs> so yeah, that's the that's the biggest thing I think pisses me off is like if a band thinks I'm ripping them off, I'm like I'm like I if this is a scam, I'm doing it horribly. <laughs> it's like. It's like I always think of like, is there has there ever been anyone who's like trying to run a pyramid scheme but doesn't realize that at some point you need to cash out? <laughs> dude, I'm just losing so much money, dude. Just keep fucking, just I gotta keep getting more people in to pay off the people. I was like, I just I don't. When do I get my money? It's like, it's like <laughs> I was like, if this is if I'm scamming bands, this is the worst fucking scam possible. <laughs> That's amazing. I've heard of there was this label called the uh, Bird Attack that was a they also acted as a uh, a broker for vinyl. Oh, okay. And they were essentially running a pyramid scheme. What? They they would offer like an insane like vinyl package deal. Like something that like no other broker or plant would ever offer. Yeah. A lot of labels were like, oh fuck, like especially the kind of younger, naive labels were like, oh fuck, like I can get my record press for like wait like in a nice copy for like this much and what he was doing was just like getting all these label, all these bands to sign up, press like a handful of actual records, you know, get people going like, yeah, no, fuck, shit was legit, you know, guy gave yeah. us the records and got to the point where it was like, oh, all these clients are stopped halting production because they haven't been paid, you know, the rest of the deposit. What? Oh, fuck, Bird, Bird Attack's not answering emails and shit. And I was like, yeah, he was running a pyramid scheme through being a vinyl broker. Wow. That's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Like a friend of mine, he was he was pressing a record through him, and then the plant had to contact him and be like, "Hey, your records are done." Send him like a video of the records playing. He's like, "Hey, man, I agreed to pay this much for him. If you can't accept that deal, then I don't want the records." And then the plant was like, "We'll just sue him later." Yeah, here are the records. What, dude? No way. Yeah. So he's he was like, "Yeah." So that was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fucked, man. That's so wrong. Yeah, so that's uh, it's people people will fucking take advantage of you in DIY. It's fucking crazy. It's sad, dude. It's so yeah. fucked up, man. Like, like you there's not, not any money to go around, and it's like, why do you? Why did you pick this to be the people that you scam? Exact. Seriously, dude. God, that's ridiculous, man. That is so. That is so stupid. Yeah, all these these bands are working, uh, uh bartender jobs to scrape enough money together to, to print some t-shirts to go on a two-week tour why the fuck you were like yeah that's my payday right there yeah <laughs> dude that's that's like that's like literally robbing from the poor like you're, yeah. you're literally stealing from people that can hardly do it yeah it's it's dude it's always God. crazy when I hear shit like that happening yeah like, dude yeah. it's sad yeah that's uh some uh some wild diy shit for the day of like yeah no someone tried to run a pyramid scheme with records <laughs> that's fucked man so uh Dude. so yeah that's so that's how no time is ran <laughs> good just, i'm glad <laughs> i just make the i just make the tapes and then you know profits you know there's a there's a middle step somewhere but yeah just you know make the tapes <laughs> scan the band and profit you know <laughs> dude you're doing you're doing well man like uh like I could see all like your like all your expensive cars and stuff. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. no, it's great. Yeah, my car that exploded this week. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> the car that <laughs> fell into my lap because uh, the previous car I had uh, was in a car accident driving home from school. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful, <laughs> dude. Yeah, no, I, oh my god. 
it's like with my yeah my car broke down this week and i was like i i've never had to buy a car in my life i've never had to shop for one they've always just kind of been like i've either been mm-hmm. like arm twisted or like the car was selected for me and then i had to buy it you know <laughs> I, I didn't have to i didn't ever ever have to like go through the whole thing of like i gotta go on craigslist and like trust this random dude or like it's always been like <laughs> it's always been like my my dad was like hey tommy for your birthday uh I found a car for you thinking like, oh, my dad bought me a car. No, he's like, no, you're just going to buy this car. And we're like, okay. And that, <laughs> fucking, and that fucking thing was problematic as shit. And then it finally, I, I got in a car accident with that car. And then uh, the only reason I'm driving the car I have now is because it was our, our roommate who had moved away and had left us the car to sell for her. And I, I, dr- I had to drive it to school once. And then I was like, I kind of like this car. I was like, I guess I'll buy it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I've I've never had to like I've never had to like there's always been like a car around us that someone's trying to get rid of that like oh I could just that'll just be the new car but no <laughs> that's yeah. that's, that's always, insane that's amazing dude it just falls in your in into place dude yeah just like I if that this is the car that's around me I guess I own this now <laughs> like you're physically in it like it's it's literally around me I guess I own I, it fuck this is the this is it now so yeah it's it's the <laughs> Car buying is something I've never had to do. Uh, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but yeah, I've just because that shit just scares me. I'm like, dude, I because like I can't afford like a, a car payment. You know, it's gonna completely train me. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, not yeah, being able, yeah, not being able to work and and because of a uh, uh, quarantine and, and my current job is up in the air if it's even gonna be open during the next lockdown and, and no one's hiring a computer, you know, a, a fresh college graduate with a computer science degree right now. So it's like, I just sitting on my hands trying dude, not to well, spend any money. Yeah, exactly, dude. But like you said, the the label's very lucrative. So you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah. The label, the label, like for years, it was a, a, a fucking loss. Like I would be, the label would be in debt to me, like two to three <laughs> grand at a yeah. time. And uh, thankfully I'm no longer in that type of, Holy role. shit. Seriously. Yeah, there was there was a time where I was like, there was a time where I was like, my car cannot explode. I was like the car cannot br- like there because uh, I was there was like a time where I had like I think I had like two hundred bucks to my name because I was pressing the corrupt vision record, and I was like, Damn. I was like, nothing bad can happen to me for three months and I'll be fine. <laughs> Jeez, and I was like, I was like, this is so fucking stupid. I remember like I was at my school's bank or like the bank on, on the school's campus pulling out money so i could go pay for the record in cash because it was cheaper than card at the record <laughs> plant in orange county and i was remember like this is all the money i have <laughs> to, like live i if anything happens i'm fucked <laughs> <laughs> jeez dude that sucks and then, and then thankfully record did fine uh I, you know, was able to, you know, work my actual real job all over the winter and uh, I was able to, you know, not be in the hole. And the big thing was nothing bad happened in my life for three months. Wow, dude, that's 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 lucky, dude. That's insane. Yeah, yeah I, I basically was like, I'll be fine if just nothing bad happens. <laughs> See, like, I feel like it was the universe giving you a break. Like, it's like, yeah, OK, we fucked with this guy a little too much. Like, let's just calm down th- for these three months. For for because it was like every six months my my previous car was like 
up four hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. Just throw it in there, buddy. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, man, you got a little money saved up? Uh, not anymore. <laughs> Time to fix me again. So uh, yeah, with my with my car breaking down this week, and this is the first this is the first time the car has had any problems outside of new tires. I was like, I paid it for it. This is fine. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that. <laughs> well, that's kind of that's a very good like silver lining to see. I was like, yeah, I I was dumping six hundred dollars every six months. I could drop this much for you know once every two years. Sure, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. And I was like, fuck. It's not like I'm driving to shows now anyway. I don't really you know I'm not gonna be throwing miles on this. I was like, this thing got me to school for two years. Uh, it's fine. Oh it hell yeah. Job. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's. It, yeah, don't don't. Uh, a solid rule is if a, if a single release doesn't do well and that'll sink your label, don't do it. <laughs> that's my that's my word of advice to anyone trying to start a label. Be like, hey, when is something a bad idea? It's like, yeah, if this sucks and it makes you have to close the label, yeah, don't put it out. <laughs> What's the saying? Uh, if you can't buy something twice, don't buy it. <laughs> no, I've I've never heard that. That's very good though. It's like it's like if you can't if you can't afford to buy something twice and be fine, then you shouldn't buy it. I like that. Like, That's really good. If it's like like a fun thing or like a splurge thing, like obviously buy food. Yeah, no, like I can't buy, buy it twice. <laughs> I buy medicine. You know, don't. Uh, you're like, hey, if I if I can get if I could buy two PS fives and be fine, yeah, maybe buy a PS five. <laughs> Don't. that's awesome the vinyl's a scam that's a that's a that's something i think i've slowly been learning yeah it's a nightmare no vinyl's a nightmare uh every vinyl release i've had has had some bullshit with it that is just yeah. like why do i keep doing this to myself <laughs> it's so expensive it takes forever however you <laughs> ship them they're gonna get fucked <laughs> I, I like cassettes i can control every aspect about a cassette a fucking vinyl record it'll be like hey if they sat too long they'll fucking melt together great <laughs> um oh the plant the 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 label that you did this uh record with didn't pack the jackets correctly oh now they're all fucked oh perfect <laughs> oh you can't just replace 14 15 jackets all quickly yeah sucks <laughs> you can replace every aspect of a cassette in no time vinyl any part of it gets fucked up you're like i we just gotta throw this out vinyl is vinyl's a scam i i i don't know why i keep doing it i even thought like oh a plant is in my my city i can drive to it they're not gonna get shipped like no they're still bullshit like it's 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 a fucking nightmare don't don't do vinyl it's such a scam oh man that's so that's so perfect (laughs) i hopefully with corrupt vision uh another label will like it enough to put it out and I don't have to deal with it. That'd be nice. That's the that's the hope. Is I I don't I, I it's I, I just don't want to press a vinyl by myself anymore. It's such a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, don't don't people. It's it's cool, and it's it was a great it was a it was a very like surreal experience hearing my music the first time like on vinyl. To me that was like the end goal. Yeah uh, yeah like, exactly. To me that was like I was for the longest time I was like oh fuck like I. Like a friend of mine was like, dude, you got a CD out? What the fuck? That's crazy. And then I was like, I was like, oh fuck, I want cassette, dude. That's fucking wild. But for the longest time, I was like, I gotta get on vinyl. That was the goal. Yeah. I was like, I gotta. I'm not a real band. We're on vinyl. I was like, anything. That was like the, that and like touring internationally were like the two. Like, yeah, we did it. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, hearing myself on vinyl for this first time, I was like, this is fucking crazy. 
Oh, that's then, so sick, dude. With, with all the bullshit in it, I'm like, this was this was like a surreal experience. <laughs> um, yeah, other than that, dude, fuck vinyl. It takes up so much room. Uh, cassettes, like, I can replace, like, I can also repurpose a cassette tape. Like, there's been times where, like, bands on the label have been canceled. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, oh, fuck them. So I'll just take their cassettes, take them apart, and then just re like, do something else with them. <laughs> that's smart, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, like I like there was a, a band we worked with and a, a friend of mine had put a, put them out on vinyl. Yeah. And I put them on a cassette and I, he was like, dude, I'm so sorry about the cassettes. I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck. I can make corrupt vision mixtapes all night, dude. You're stuck with 300 records you can't sell. Oh, dude, that sucks. And him and I were talking. I was like, should we like like write a clause or something that like, hey, if your band gets canceled, you got to fucking pay us. I honestly, that sounds pretty solid. That may that yeah. it would make sense. And the, that's dude. um. Something I've also been working on is is um I've I have I've been uncomfortable with how many times my trust has been betrayed with no time. Oh yeah. Of because the the way I look at like like you've seen how many releases I do it's you know I'm in the two hundreds I'm in like yeah. the two hundreds by by six years so like I'm operating at a very fast pace. Yes. Um, which means a lot of these relationships that I have with these bands at, at sometimes are very shallow. Oh, okay. So it's, I don't have a total kind of understanding of like what everything this band's about, you know? And it's something I've been getting better of like, I kind of like, if I'm putting out a band, if it's like a friend or like someone I trust, then I'm, I'm good with it. But sometimes there'll be like a band will be like, oh, I'm going to do a little bit of digging. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to message their friends. I'm going to message, I'm going to message people in their scene and be like, hey, what's this band about? Be like, oh, yeah, they're totally fine. Or like, yeah, there was this one time, and I'll, I hear that, and I'm like, I'm good. I don't, nope, not bringing that back on. Yeah, hell no. There's been a, there's been a couple times where I've had to, I've had to take releases off because I found out things about members of a band, and and, and it, it sucks. And I feel, I feel shitty when it happens. I feel, I feel betrayed, and I honestly just feel awful that I was giving a band with problematic members a platform at some point. Yeah, that that, you know? that sucks, but there's like no way you could have ever known. That's the only that's that's the bummer part about it. Yeah, and it, 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 kind of because there's sometimes where it's like, ah, fuck, if I really did my due diligence, I probably could have heard through the grapevine about this situation or, or this. Or that that. Makes sense. Some, sometimes there's stuff that's just out of the fucking blue. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That That's just so like, especially like there's one band and I don't I don't want to repeat their name, but, you know, they we had been friends with them since like the beginning of no time. Oh, okay. And we, we finally worked together on and released one of their albums on tape. And then about five, six months later, we found out that the guitarist was like an abusive like piece of shit. And, Damn. It, it, and it hurt because it was like, fuck, that was like the dude that we were like, you know, A1 homies with essentially. And it was, you know, I took him off all the comps we had him on. I, I took the release off for sale. Uh, and uh, I ended up actually... um repurposing those cassettes as a uh, like corrupt vision mixtapes <laughs> that's so sick and i was telling people <laughs> if you had tape of the original release i will pay you to mail it to me i will repurpose it as a corrupt vision mixtape and mail it back to you um a couple people took us <laughs> up on it which was really tight and cool oh see, that's but... super sick dude <laughs> that's so but, cool uh, <laughs> it, it was and we ended up actually writing a song about him that ended up on uh split record that we had released with a, a, a good friends of our Sibinac. Uh, oh wow. About about literally about that situation where I was literally destroying their tapes. Yeah. <laughs>
And the song's called Destroy the Masters because I destroyed the master cassette. So, oh, dude, that's that's <laughs> that's cool. So that was uh, <laughs> that's the and that's the only time I've ever written a song about no time. Oh, wow, dude. Well, I, I mean, it was for for a good reason then. Because I've always felt that like music about music is fucking lame. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, like if you write a song, it's like writing a song about like your scene is like kinda, like inside baseball where you're just like, it's kind of like kind of lame, you know, <laughs> I feel bad. I was like, oh, fuck the cell jam. Have a, do you guys have a song like that? No, no, no. Thank God, I feel bad. I'll just be like, man, isn't it lame when bands write songs about their scene and be like, haha, crazy, Tommy. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. So. Oh, I gotta go. Like deleting like... shit off the band camp real quick. Like, ha ha Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, and, you know, I put up, I put up bands with dude, and it's like, no hate to them, but it's just like, to me, it's always been, it's like, I don't need to write a song about music. Or like, I don't need to write a song about being in a band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to- yeah exactly, dude. That may, it's, it's kind of like, it's like when you run out of topics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That it makes sense, dude. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, I've never, I've never been. Yeah, music about music is just not my, uh, not my thing. <laughs> dude, dude. So, <laughs> I love, that's dude. So, <laughs> I got, I got two more questions for you. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Like, um, if your band, okay, I'm gonna say if your label actually get both of them. If your label slash band were a TV show. What shows would they be? Uh, the Eric Andre show. <laughs> both of them? Yeah, both of them are just... Uh, uh, no Time is like Spy versus Spy. Oh, it's nice. Just, it's just like Fern and I trying to self-sabotage each other the whole time. <laughs> That's how I describe. I describe our relationship as like us just trying to slip time bombs into each other's pockets. <laughs> and there's there's a lot of a lot of like yeah, just we're just a, a, a bunch of self sabotage motherfuckers. Crow Vision is is uh, just a chaotic the chaoticness of the Eric Andre show is is, is a good way to, <laughs> to describe us. Or um yeah probably because that show every season is a completely different like vibe because uh um like change like how they film it they'll change like like Eric will literally like there's one where he's like I got really fat and then I got really skinny and then I completely <laughs> shaved all my hair and it's like I grew out all my hair I I uh had a fro this episode and I had a I had a, a the, the the super long straight hair another season and they like change like the way they like the camera and the band like they change every aspect about that show and for corrupt vision we've had so many different like variations of the band the, <laughs> That's awesome. The only two consistent things being me and Fern. <laughs> so I, I i feel like that plus just like we we talk about you know we're like super serious and you know we write very serious song topics and you know we try not to be uh it's weird we've always we've always felt like outcasts in the two kind of genres that we try to play you know, yeah. we're very like we'll play with other ska bands and like a lot of you know they'll get like people like we'll play with other ska bands and they'll be like really fun and upbeat and like people will be dancing and then we get on stage and we're like oh we're fucking depressing <laughs> and then and then flip if we playing like grindcore show or playing with a bunch of hardcore bands it's like no one wants to fucking skank what the fuck are we doing here <laughs> we're just like off-putting in both scenes which is something we've embraced yeah of you course know? that's amazing um and you know we, it, i think people have made fun of it less going on like a lot of people like ryan scott fuck you get out of here that sounds lame as shit <laughs> 
Um, but you know, it's it's funny. So I've had people who I respect in both genres, both you know, grind, hardcore, and, and, mm-hmm. and ska, saying to stop playing the other genre and like just focus <laughs> on being a ska band or just focus on being a grind band. And it's like, no. Yeah, dude. No, I'm gonna do it even more. We're gonna do. We're gonna fucking be awful together. So yeah, it's <laughs> to to uh, to grind for crack rock steady. To crack rock steady for grind. To straight edge for uh, fuck. I, we, we wrote something out. It was oh, two straight edge for crack rock steady. Two crack rock steady for straight edge. Two grind for ska. Two ska for grind. And it's like oh, that's us. <laughs> dude, <laughs> that sounds like it'd be such a great shirt. Fuck, damn. We are we are planning merch for the album. That might be some uh that that'll be like a stunt piece when we're like, yeah, when we're like the biggest band ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be like the that'll be like the just put that that I will put that out when I am fully confident in corrupt vision. <laughs> That'd be perfect, dude. <laughs> but it's 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 cool. We've like there's been a couple bands who have like been inspired by us specifically to make grindcore ska hell yeah it's and it's great there's one band from from here called florida man that does like jazz grind and, and we we kind of sort of like coined the term anti-ska yeah so it felt like that <laughs> felt right to us although there was a band that had used it called uh chewed up which i'm friends with and uh it was funny when I designed the Corrupt Vision logo of the it's the it's the grindcore you know no music note with the rude boy the the, the ska rude boy and yeah. I sent it to this band chewed up and they're like fuck you that's a fucking genius logo and they were still active at the time and they were like the only other like anti-ska band that I knew of and I was like yeah. fuck it let's just both use the logo and ultimately <laughs> yeah. that that band broke up and I was like fuck and I was like I guess this is ours now <laughs> uh, but a uh, uh, band called level four from uh, uh florida is there a they're like a jazz grind band and then a band from here called florida man uh, that's awesome scott jazz grind band and it's 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 uh that was really cool to hear and the same with like it had been playing shows to like no one for like years then finally like having people that we have never met like because we'd have friends sing along to songs and that's always fun oh yeah definitely like, com- complete strangers who have never i've never met knowing the words to my songs and like like I could put the mic in their face or like toss them like the, the backup microphone and like have them sing along was like such a surreal experience that Dude, I, was like, I, I was like, I bet that I was like, I can't not ever do this again. Like I want to keep doing this. And I was like, Dude. that was like a program. I was like, fuck, if this happens like on tour, I'll fucking die. <laughs> I'll be like, I, I was, that was like, yeah, I, I just got a tour internationally and I think I'll have hit every aspect of like being in a band that I've wanted to hit. Oh dude, that's just, sick, man. That's so perfect. Stranger singing along, being on vinyl, touring internationally. That's my, those are my, that's my goals of being in a band. <laughs> dude, you've already hit two. You've already hit two. So hit there two, you go. Dude. Yeah. What's your, dude, you're uh, what's about your to, last, oh, oh, last question. I'm going to say, yeah. dude, you're about, you're about to end your band, dude. Yeah. I'm about to hit the punch card, you know, and COVID <laughs> extended it another year, you know, cause we can't fucking tour for shit. We're planning on touring the UK in, uh, in April of next year, but haha, that's not fucking happening. <laughs> dude, dude, they, 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 because they don't don't want you to stop dude honestly you, to stop yeah oh, dude. Fuck it, record the album <laughs> oh dude so the last one is uh the best slash worst show that corrupt vision has ever had or actually oh, if you've ever played in any other band like any like the best or worst show but do the worst one last i like to end on the worst one. Oh yeah so god best show for insomnia collective which is my folk punk band with my drummer of corrupt vision slash my label mate fern nice we played in portland this was like 
three years ago, we were um, we had gotten in touch with this band called the Bridge City Sinners, who basically while booking the show, they had went viral on Facebook. Yeah, like a, like a million hits on one of the performances. Right, like it was Whoa. like a big. Yeah, they were like they were like blowing the fuck up. We had them on a show, and this was the first show they were playing since going viral. Oh wow! And uh, we we had linked up with them, and we this was so dumb. So we were trying to book at this place <laughs> called the Twilight Bar Cafe. I forgot what it was called, but it was it was called Twilight, yeah. and it was a uh, it was like a smaller twenty one plus venue in Portland. It oh, sucks okay. with how much music is in Portland. There's like no all ages venues. Every time we've ever had to play Portland, it's been a bar. Um, oh, that's weird. I know there's some houses and DIY spaces here and there, but. I, by the time we were up there, a lot of them were closing. Um, but we we played, and they said, "Oh, we can't book you at the Twilight. We can book you at our other bar." And I can't think of what it was called, but it was like triple the space. Oh wow! And I was just like, didn't realize at the time how much bigger that was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. yeah, we'll play there. And I was like, I basically the whole tour, I was like, we're gonna either them a shitload of money we can never show our face in portland again because it was like it was like you had a fucking show that like no one showed up to you know we probably had to turn something away i was like i was like we're basically gonna play and then run the fuck away that was basically yeah. like what i thought was gonna happen yeah so we get to this bar oh fuck i can't think of was the blackout no something but we we get to the bar and we're you know we think oh it's a bar it's a bar it's not that big yeah oh no, there's like there's like a going there's like a whole restaurant full full like a giant ass restaurant so i just realized recording this uh, outro that the ending of the episode just got deleted for some reason i don't know at that point uh, i was recording with with craig he's he was a good dude for a while and then he just became terrible at recording so uh but yeah, uh, man, it was oh, this it was such a good interview. I loved it. It was so much fun. So I, I hope everyone that listened to part one came back for part two. But it, it, because it was so much fun. So again, thank you, Tommy, for coming on and hanging out and talking about everything. I like whatever what you do is so cool. Your band is awesome. Your label is super sick. So. Thank you to everyone that's listening. Thank you to Tommy. Thank you to Corrupt Vision. Thank you for No Time Records. Thank you for everyone. So guess what? I hope you have a good breakfast. That's all I'm saying this time because I hope you have the best breakfast ever. So guess what? I will talk to you later. 